Enough boy talk. It's time for the broadcast. Welcome to another edition of the broadcast. I am Vicky Barcelona. Across from me is Taryn. Hi. And the lovely Kiana. Hello, hello. And today we have a guest. If you are a uh, KISW follower, you've probably seen her around looking gorgeous, wearing uh, high heels and a bikini, and that's all I all I think about at night. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to lie. Oh, but right now you're wearing hey. like fully clothed, like mo- motorcycle, and that's also very... It's doing it. <laughs> it's doing it for me. No. I can take it off if you want. <laughs> no, you can, whatever whatever you want. Uh, I, should we call you Rock Girl Amber? Because you are an ex-rock girl, because you're off I doing am. more interesting and awesome things. I don't know. Can I still say I'm Rock Girl Amber? Or is it like Absolutely. Yeah. Once, girl once a Rock Girl, always a so Rock Girl. So Rock Girl Amber, Yay, that is your I title. that. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, we, we recently on the last uh, couple podcasts, we've been talking about traveling and everything. And I think we brought up Amber, and I'm... What what happened? She's not in Asia right now. She happens to be here, and she decided to join our podcast. Yay! Yay. Um, before, <laughs> for some inspiration, because I don't travel at all, so it's good that you're here. <laughs> um, before we get into all that, uh, Taryn, how can people get a hold of us? Um, we have a phone number. It's 253-271-9343. Or if you want to send us an email, which we are now frequently checking, and yes. um, the junk email spam box yes. as well. Uh, that is thebroadcast999 at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter and a Facebook page, so go find us there. Yep, yes. We're everywhere. You just can't yes. get rid of us. Yep. We're not on Instagram yet, but we got to get better at the Twitters and all the other stuff. It's a work in progress. We're trying to get a lot of followers before we can commit to that. (laughs) Uh, Now, Amber, you've gotten to travel all over Asia. I've been following you on Instagram, actually, on my own personal Instagrams. Our Instagram. Instagram. (laughs) And, like, what made you decide to just kind of go off and be just gone for a while? Well, I have always wanted to travel since I was a kid, Um, but... Then I ended up in a relationship and, you know, relationships hinder plans. And so I started cutting Mm -hmm. travels short. I went on like a month trip to Europe last year. And then I was just going like stateside, like California here and there last year. And so then I was going to Vietnam for two weeks with some friends and then decided to add two weeks on in Thailand because I had some friends going there as soon as I was leaving Vietnam. And then I was in Thailand and I was like, hmm, I don't really want to go home. So I decided to stay. So then that's why I was on my own after that, because then like everybody left and I was just backpacking by myself. So um, unfortunately for my boyfriend at the time, I did the douchebag move and broke up with him via text message from <laughs> Thailand and was like, I'm not coming home. Peace. <laughs> it's like my yeah. true love is traveling. Sorry, I can't compete. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This is my number one love. So, so then, yeah, I was backpacking. I pushed my flight back as far as I could, which was six months. Um, so then so I, how long were you total just up abroad? Six months. Total, wow. Yeah. And when were you originally planning to come home? Was it just after the, the four weeks? The four weeks, yeah. So February I was supposed to come home, and then I pushed that flight back, and it was like the longest you could push it back was six months, which is kind of the only reason I'm back now. Otherwise, I'd just still be over there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so do, you, do you think you would live there, or now that you've done this like crazy travel thing once, would you do that again and just go like six months somewhere else? Or how did that affect you? I really liked Southeast Asia, so I would totally love to spend more time there. Um, and getting work there is actually fairly easy. Teaching English 
which is oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you don't even need like you don't need college education. Um, some places require that you have like a certificate that you just like you can do it online. I sure. think it costs like five hundred or a thousand dollars. So there's that. But then there's also places that will hire you just because you speak fluent. So it's fairly easy to get jobs there and just travel in between working there. So I could do that. That's like kind of like that was like a fallback plan if I wanted to go back to Southeast that Asia. Awesome. But yeah. Well, how did I have friends? I've had friends that have done that like in in Italy and you know other other places in the world. And so I feel like that's something that you're already really good at and getting paid for. Like that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I'm just gonna get paid to talk. Yeah. So originally you were only thinking two weeks, four weeks. But then how did you like a lot of people? Like for me, when I went to Europe, I only went for two weeks, and I had to like budget. I had to. Maybe take out a loan and, <laughs> and all that. And but you were gone for six months, like not even intending to originally. How did you manage to budget all that? Okay, so I had actually planned long before, which is why I quit being a rock girl because I knew I wanted to travel. But so in like the last three years before the middle of 2014, I had been working also on the weekend. So I had like Monday through Friday job, my office job, which paid fairly well. Then I was working Friday and Saturdays at Havana and Capitol Hill. Also, for six months out of that, I was working at a restaurant on Sundays, so I was, like, working every day of the week. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> every day of the week. Um, so I was busting my ass off that whole time to save money and pay off debt. And then at some point in that three years, because I had that, like, three-year plan, then I, like, ended up in a relationship, and that's when I started, like, making shorter plans. So I was already stacking money. Okay. So I had a lot of money saved, which I expected to last me longer than it did. I've kind of blown through a lot of it, but <laughs> but I had fun. <laughs> yeah, no regrets. <laughs> yep, no well, regrets. I, while you were over there, like, what were, like, some of your money-saving, like, tips? Because this is kind of the reason I brought Amber in is because, like, they kind of fulfilled my dream. Like, I want to... Like, Asia's probably not high on my list, but, like, Europe or just kind of check out a lot of those countries, Russia, Germany, uh, Amsterdam, and just kind of go. Yeah. Just leave and not really have any plans. Just be on your own. Um, so you're, you kind of lived my dream. Uh, so for those who might have the dream, yes, I live vicariously. I'm just looking at your Instagram like, damn. Um, but for those who kind of want to do the same thing, like how, what are some tips for when they're out on the road? Like whether hotels or food or what, what are, uh, especially like, you know, Southeast Asia, like what were the yeah. easiest? Okay. So Southeast Asia is a lot easier to travel long-term in as opposed to Europe. Europe mm -hmm. is going to be much more expensive. Oh, Southeast yeah. Asia is dirt cheap. So my budget for besides some kind like Laos and Cambodia, there was some things that cost a bit more. But Vietnam and Thailand are really easy to travel very cheap. Um, $30 a day was my budget, including lodging. So that's like wow. hostel, food, transportation, everything, $30 a day. And I managed that for probably a good solid two months out of it. Mm -hmm. Um and then by the time I hit Malaysia and especially Singapore and I was diving in, in Malaysia. So things, you know, bigger ticket items were hitting mm -hmm. my budget to the point where I was like, OK, this is depressing me. I can't keep track of this every day anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm way over my budget now. But um, so there's like certain things if you want to like go outside of just like backpacking and seeing things and do things like diving or like I did a helicopter ride of wow. Angkor Wat in Cambodia. So there's like things that you could spend a bit more on but if you're just like down to backpack and see things and meet people and not do those big ticket things it's fairly easy in southeast asia to keep a really low budget so so your money stretches a lot further in europe however um couch surfing is really popular there and it's huh. much easier than southeast asia that can get a bit sketchy but there's an actual website it's like called uh couch surfing.org i think Something. i haven't actually been on it 
um, really popular for backpackers to do in Europe. And a lot of people, because it's like people, you have to sign up to get on it and you get vetted. So you can see reviews from like people's places that are open to like backpackers come in. So you can see what other people have said. So it's a little less sketch. But um, yeah, you can like crash on people's couches and that saves you on lodging because even hostels in Europe aren't going to be as cheap as they are yeah. in Southeast oh, yeah. Asia. Because yeah. like uh, when I went to Europe, we my cousin and I, we stayed at uh, a couple hostels and we were pretty lucky uh, like some of our hostels were like 25 bucks a night yeah. and these were nice hostels. Like I felt comfortable in the bed sheets and <laughs> everything. Like the bathrooms were pretty clean. Like I've gone to friends' houses that were grosser. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, but then like we, like, uh, our, I think our hostel in Ireland and then our hostel in Barcelona was 25 bucks ish, 20 to 25 bucks, uh, for the nice ones. And then we stayed at an eh one in London and that was like 60 bucks for the night. So I was yeah. just like, Ugh. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, spendy. yeah, I like the idea of couch surfing. Yeah, yeah, the couch surfing, I've, yeah, I've heard is really popular for backpackers. And even hitchhiking is fairly safe in most countries in Europe. That's mm. a little more sketch in Southeast Asia, too. But yeah. luckily, transportation, like renting a motorbike for a day is like will cost you maybe five or ten dollars no and you don't you don't have to like fill out paperwork or anything like it was so like, weird <laughs> yeah the first time i did it i was like they're like okay give me money here's the bike and i'm like i don't you don't and what okay what if i don't come back <laughs> yeah um and then i bought actually in vietnam so i spent seven weeks total of the six months in vietnam i love vietnam so i was in two weeks I left, went to Thailand, then went back and bought a scooter in Ho Chi Minh City and then went north, like, by motorbike in uh, in Vietnam. And wow. I paid, like, $300 for the bike Dang. and ended up selling it for, like, 150 So it was, like, you know, so basically I paid 150 yeah. bucks how, to have my own bike. How and, did you go about selling it? Um, did you just put, like, a sign on it and, like, wait? <laughs> we did. We put it in front of a hostel because backpackers are always buying motorbikes there. So we did put a sign on it in front of a hostel, but we didn't really get any because I was with another uh, couple that was backpacking. So we were both selling our bikes at the same time. We didn't really get anybody that wanted them there. Um, Craigslist, you'll find them on Craigslist there. Uh, what I ended up doing was actually selling to a housekeeper in the hotel that I was at. She was like super poor and didn't have a bike and she was only borrowing her husband's when he wasn't working so she didn't really have like good transportation so I was really excited to sell it to her and I sold it to her for cheaper than I could have got it. That's like for a feel it. good thing. Yeah <laughs> it was and I got like this cute little picture with her and, and she was like super excited because I had a spare tire because I was like by myself like in the middle of nowhere sometimes so if I got a flat tire like I needed to be able to like have something accessible so I didn't get ripped off for it there and so I had a spare tire my helmet and a bunch of stuff that I just gave her and she was like oh how much and I'm like no you can have it yeah. <laughs> so it was like really sweet ever yeah in life it was really sweet yeah <laughs> I have, and i have a selfish question from an alcoholic standpoint <laughs> uh, what, what is the booze situation like like what are there what's the hot like booze item what are you drinking in southeast cheap Asia? light beer so every country has like their cheap local beer like thailand it's chang and singa in vietnam it's uh, Saigon, and I think there's one other Tiger beer, which you can actually find here at most bars here. Oh, that yeah, that's I think I've seen it yeah, that's typically what I drank there because that's an Asian. That's actually is that a Singaporean beer? I think that's Singapore beer. I think so, yeah. um, that's good. It costs a little bit more, but it's all like just cheap light beer, and you can get booze, and it's still cheap too. But that gets a little sketch in some areas in Southeast Asia because they'll make their like bathtub gin type booze, yeah. or they Ooh. mix it with yeah. So you can, it's a little sketch. So you just if you just stick to like bottles Bottle and cans of beer, yeah. yeah, 
It'll which is even s- definitely safer than tap water too. So if oh, you don't have yeah. access to bottled water, just drink beer. Because beer is like 75% water or whatever. Yeah, right? exactly. Right? <laughs> well, like going with beer, like what were some of the cooler like places to eat? Did you go to like more of the bigger cities and like go into the fancier places? Did you get a treat yourself or did you just go to like street markets? Or um, The first couple <laughs> weeks in Vietnam, I was with some Vietnamese friends of mine and we did mostly tours. So we were in like nice restaurants and stuff. But actually my favorite places to eat are like the cheap like street food places and I got really good at like gauging because there's some that you can get pretty sick from so you just kind of have to like okay if they're busy that means they're turning over me you know like so you kind of like you learn how to like gauge like okay this is probably gonna make me crap my pants (laughs) and this probably won't (laughs) so I never I managed to go that whole six months and never getting the like food sickness that almost everybody I knew that was backpacking especially in Vietnam got like the you know total like 24 48 hour sickness and I never got it so I think I'm pretty good at figuring out what to eat <laughs> but, <laughs> so you're gonna be like my personal tour guide when I go anywhere. Yeah, or maybe I just have an iron stomach. I'm not sure. Yeah. Maybe it's all the alcohol. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just curious. Did you document a lot of this? Like, I know you said you took a lot of pictures, but did you do any like journaling or blogging or anything while you were gone? The journaling thing stresses me out. I would see backpackers, especially girls at night, like in their hostels, like writing in their journals. And I'm like, I don't have enough patience for that. And half the time I was like drunk anyway. So I'm like, I just want to pass out when I get back to my hostel. Um, So I did. I started a blog when I bought my bike in Vietnam. And I did like I was trying to do an entry at each stop. But once I met people and started hanging out, like I didn't have time for that because you like really like you got to sit down and like design the blog and write something really super interesting that someone's actually going to want to read and the pictures and all that and I'm like that took me like hours when I was sat down and did it but then once I was meeting people I was like out drinking and stuff so I'm like okay I don't have time for blogging I think it's better to live in the moment like that Mm -hmm. too yeah and I think it's part of the generational thing it's like I go like I see my like I realize now that I'm getting older and granted my job is social media so I'm kind of a little burnt out on it Yeah. but it's like I'll go out to like a couple bars and I'll have like at the time of my life I'm like how many pictures did I take tonight how many selfies None. None. But we had a freaking blast. Yeah. So it's like it's nice to not have to wear like you like especially like a place like uh, Southeast Asia. You take your pictures, but you aren't worrying about like posting them every two minutes. Like I have a few friends. Well, and you don't yeah. have Wi-Fi or yeah. connection anyway to do that. So, <laughs> so when you get, when you get a, like, yeah. it's perfect for like downtime. You know, you yeah. do your little thing. But like I know friends who are like. Oh my God, we're going to a restaurant. Let me take a selfie at this restaurant. I'm like, we can't even see the restaurant because your face is in it. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. just, it's just your, your face. Head. Yeah. It's yeah, like, so. I can't see your food. Like, I don't care about your face with your food. I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of mean. But, um, <laughs> no, show uh, me interesting things. Yeah. Instagram really just became like my only, like, I'm like, I blogging. can't do Instagram and a blog. Like, I like to do like some good, like, descriptions on my pictures sometimes when I do Instagram. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's just going to be my blog. <laughs> I think that's why Instagram has become so popular mm-hmm. too, is because that's really what people want to see. Like, yes, we can all read and, like, you know, imagine things. But when you give someone a a, a picture of what the experience actually was, that's extremely valuable. Yeah. So much more interesting. Yeah. And if you don't want to read what's below it, then don't read it. Just look at the picture. Yeah. <laughs> double, tap. double tap. Yeah. 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 A lot of people nowadays don't even seem to have the patience to read. Like you're kind of no, yeah, Instagram totally. is this visual, it's oh, a visual yeah. blog. Oh, yeah. There's this huge like – I have a friend that's in social media, and he was trying to give me some guidance for my blog. And he's like, you know, you got to keep things short and add a lot of pictures. Like people's attention span is like oh, yeah. 10 yeah. seconds if it's not wrapping them in exactly. in the first couple sentences. And I'm like, that's too much. I can't deal with this. <laughs> Yeah, way too much pressure. Um, but uh, I was gonna ask, like, what was the language barrier like? Do people like how was it communicating with the locals? Um, not too bad actually. Um, there's a lot of pantomiming. If people don't speak English, you just point and 
things, you know, like toilet is pretty universal everywhere. Everybody knows what toilet is. So if you ever need to find a bathroom Um, in hostels and stuff, it's really easy because everybody that works in hostels, because it's all foreigners coming there, they speak English so they can tell you where to go and things like Mm -hmm. that. Um, Yeah, I didn't really run into because I was really worried about that. It was like total when I first got to Vietnam, I was like, how am I going to communicate with people? (laughs) You know, but it's it's really not that bad. And in some countries, it's pretty common for people to speak English, like Malaysia and Singapore. Um, everybody speaks English, so it was really easy there. Vietnam, Thailand, Laos, Cambodia. It's like if you get a lot older people or like in little villages, people aren't really going to speak English, but you can get enough to get around. Mm-hmm. Like in Laos, I was with um, in this tiny village with um, a primary school teacher that I met just like walking around. And he, like, brought me into his home to meet his whole family. And it, they did this, like, blessing ceremony. And, like, it was amazing. Wow. It was, like, Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, it was, like, yeah, it was amazing. It was, like, the the coolest thing. But I couldn't – the husband, who's the one that invited me over to meet his wife and his kids and, like, invited their entire family <laughs> to come over for this thing, um, he was the only one that spoke any English. Nobody else did. And, like, the little girl, I ended up, like, hanging out with the daughter because it's, like, she was, like, the easiest person to communicate with because she's a kid, you know? And she couldn't really speak anyway, you know? Because she's just, like, a little toddler. So yeah. it was, like, and easier than... universal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I could just, like, play with her. And I'm, like, you know, trying to communicate with the wife. And she's, like, giving me water and stuff. And then the husband, like, give me a beer. And he knew, like, sentences. Just he taught himself English from, like, children's books. So it was like he knew basic questions, and I could tell that even when I answered, he didn't really know what I was saying. So that was like the hardest Mm -hmm. language barrier that I encountered, Mm -hmm. but it was still such a cool experience because you're just kind of like – it's just such a raw, like, enjoying somebody's company. Like, it's not, like, super fu- – I don't know. It's, no, I don't like, know like it's the most it's people, amazing. like, like I, I kind of think I get what you're going because I haven't – I didn't get to do that. Like, when I went to Europe, it's like, okay, I just want to look at things. It was very touristy, but it was very, like, okay, let's see what we can do. Yeah. Like, just kind of go on a whim but kind of have a main basic plan. But you don't really get to meet people. And, like, that was my – that was my plan originally for going to Europe. I want to make these deep connections with people, uh, meaningful connections. I wouldn't have made any other way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really get that, but you really got that, and that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. It's just like we that don't. That's what I wanted to. We're from completely opposite ends of the world and completely different cultures, completely different lives, and yet we're sharing this beautiful moment. That's pretty fantastic. Yeah, it was I love so good. that because it's it kind of almost like restores our faith in humanity, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Because there is so much, you know, a hatred out there, and there's crime, and there's terrorism, and all these things. But or there's can... just people just being jerks on yeah, the internet. Totally. And when you can again, bring social media. two people yep. together that have <laughs> never met before and establish a connection, and now you have like unforgettable memories and you know things that you'll draw from for the rest of your life, like that is amazing. That makes me so happy. I'm just that makes me just proud to be a you know member of the human race. <laughs> humans Yay. we're all humans we're so cool. <laughs> yeah. well, did you do a lot of a did you because i know you did the helicopter ride and everything but did you do any like a lot of tourists did you want to do the tourist stuff too or did you just kind of go your own path you inevitably end up doing all the tourist stuff because when you're the only things that you really know about is stuff you like read about on the internet or mm-hmm. in a lonely planet book or that the people in the hostel are telling you to do and the only things they're going to tell you to do is just all the touristy stuff um like having my own motorbike helped me do other stuff. You know, if I would see something that was kind of off the beaten path, I could go and do that. But 
it, I mean, yeah, you pretty much just end up doing a lot of touristy things. You just have to go out of your way to, to get away from that. It, after a couple of months of the touristy things, it got really like I started trying harder to get to other stuff that wasn't so touristy. Um, temples really were like, I'm like, okay, I've had enough temples after Thailand. Way yeah. too touristy. No more <laughs> like, temples. Uh, when, yeah. I went to, when I went when I was, I was 17 as a graduation gift, went with a school trip and we were just cathedral after cathedral. Mm. And at the end of it, I'm just like, God, I've seen every single cathedral already. They all look the same at this point. Yeah. Screw this. I'm first you're like, oh, pictures, pictures, pictures. And at the end, you're like, I don't even care, man. Yeah. Like, oh. And you had mentioned, you know, with your motorbike and everything, you're not using MapQuest. How how are you getting around? How do you know where you're going? Like, Are you actually using you a, a map? map? Or do you have a map? Or what so, was your way of getting around i know this might sound weird in a third world country but google maps still works there (laughs) (laughs) i even was able to use Waze in like ho chi minh city it was not through most of vietnam but i was able to use Waze in a lot of like south vietnam closer to the bigger cities um but yes still works there uh (laughs) but fortunately uh the people that i bought my bike from was actually an expat and his local, he his girlfriend was Vietnamese, so she helped with, like, the language barrier with having to communicate with the Vietnamese. And the guy was from London, and he had been traveling, backpacking, decided to stay in Vietnam. And so he started a business buying and selling motorbikes to backpackers. So um, when I bought the motorbike, then I was sent off with the girlfriend who spoke great English. And she basically sat me down and was like, okay, here's the best route and the best places to go to travel through Vietnam. These are the highways to take to avoid like, cause traffic is insane in uh, Vietnam. And there's this one highway that's like a lot more scenic that goes towards the coast. Actually, I wouldn't even say it's a lot more scenic, but a lot of people take it because it gets faster from point A to point B. Okay. But it, the traffic is insane. You've got, like, semi-trucks, and the tourist buses are the worst because they're always trying to make good time. They're all overtaking each other. Nobody stays inside lines. It's just everybody's all over mm. the road, narrowly missing each other. Accidents all the time. Really dangerous for motorbikes. Um, and then there's, like, the Ho Chi Minh Highway that goes up the center of the country. And so she's like, you could go this way or you could go that way, and there's this place and that place. So it was – I did have – I had maps to help me in ways, but – um, also had that guidance, which was really awesome, super helpful. And not everybody, I, I mean, I didn't hear of anybody else going through some, you know, somebody that helped them do that. So that was really, I was lucky to find that. Yeah. Did you have any mishaps while you're over there? Any near misses or? Um, I did. I laid down a bike in Thailand. Um, it was really weird riding on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> and luckily the accident wasn't bad. It was, they actually, so um thailand tattoos are not the kind of tattoos we're thinking of they're actually scars from motorbike wrecks because all foreigners wreck motorbikes yeah so it's like in the touristy places you see people with bandages all over their arms and legs like on crutches like it's just they're all riding drunk especially on the islands like kosamoy and kotao um in Copenhagen, and they all wreck, and it's just it's their Thailand tattoos. <laughs> and uh, so I did lay down a bike, but it wasn't. I just like scraped my elbow. It was like I was getting really close to this. It's like the roads up in the hills. They're all like cement roads, and they don't have curbs or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's like it'll go to the edge, like the hills going this way, and you've got a road, and then it just drops off. Oh, geez. And oh, I was on that no. side, and I got like close to that edge. And anybody that rides on two wheels knows that if you look at something, you're gonna ride towards yeah. it. And it was like I saw it. It freaked me. 
out and then I just started going towards it and I was like no and I let the bike go off the edge and I kind of like fell on the ground because I'm like I'm not going off with it and um so that was a little bit it was like it looked a lot more scary than it was the best part was I had my GoPro on the whole time yeah Yeah. yes it was great so it was like you can see me going and then like my bike going this way and me falling to the ground I'm gonna have to find the video if you post it on Facebook and share it (laughs) um actually a friend of mine when I was in Vietnam when we were on um an island called Fukuok got in a pretty bad motorbike accident and I had my GoPro on for that but I didn't see the accident happen it's just like when I came back and Mm -hmm. we saw like the villagers like in the road like trying to help him up but he got a pretty bad concussion and that was back in late January and he still has like his because his all of his scrapes and stuff got really infected infection is like a huge thing to worry about in Southeast Asia because everything's dirty so if you get any kind of injury like I scraped my leg pretty bad at one of the anchor ruins and I was super paranoid it was going to get infected because it's like if you get any kind of cuts like they're just bound to get infected I met um yeah, but if it's just a scrape or something, yeah, we, just, we don't, you know, we're just yeah. backpackers. We don't go to the hospital. We're like, I'll just buy some stuff and rub it on it. <laughs> you know? Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, just like drink some alcohol it. for the pain. Pour yeah, it on there. Yeah, exactly. Right. Drink some, pour it on. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's still suffering the repercussions of that. Ugh. That's fun. <laughs> so what's next? What's uh? What do you? Where do you hope to go next? Or do you want to stay over there? And what would you like to do over there? Um, the next plan was to go to Europe in the fall, but. But I, I don't know. Depends on how much money I have left, which I have been scared to look at. <laughs> like, We've all been I there. I still haven't looked at my bank account since I've been home. I'm like, I know I have a little bit of money, but I'm scared to see how little I have. That's only enough for this weekend. <laughs> I can't imagine doing that for some It's so amazing. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So it just depends. I really, I really still want to go to Europe. I want to go to Ireland and Scotland. <sighs> Ireland. <laughs> um, the plan, like initially, the tentative plan was to go to Germany and see some of my friends that I met in late August, um, some that I traveled with in Southeast Asia, and then go to like Ireland and Scotland, and then down to Spain, and then down to Italy, and that was a tentative plan. But I also know that Europe's really expensive, so I'm like, oh, yeah. I need more money. <laughs> Ireland is very expensive, surprisingly, yeah. and the food was. like I remember going down to Spain, and that was the cheaper place really? for food and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ireland's pretty expensive. Uh, England's very expensive. I don't know Scotland. I only did the three. Yeah. France is in you know the middle. Depends on what you do. Yeah. But that's kind of to be expected. But mm-hmm. we have friends from Switzerland, and they're actually coming to visit. They fly in on Saturday. And they really want us to come and visit and, like, use Switzerland as, like, a home base. But they're like, you want to get the hell out of Switzerland because it's so So expensive. expensive. Like, it's beautiful and the people are amazing, but it is so expensive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All of Scandinavia, their economy is so great. And all of the people there make so much money. They're just, like, notorious for being, like, the most expensive countries. And I've heard that, like, everyone has at least two, if not three cars, like, personally. Not, like, like in your family. Like, you would have two cars. I would have two cars. You would, like, everybody has multiple cars. Wow. What the hell is that? I'm just trying to keep mine, like... From dying my one car here. <laughs> no, do you have any other tips or advice or words of wisdom you'd like to instill on anybody, you know, wanting to make a journey like this? Um, just go. Like, that was like my mantra like the whole time I was traveling and people would like message me and they're like, Oh my god, like I so wish I could do what you're doing. I'm like, just go. <laughs> yeah, you know, you figure it out. Yeah, just seriously, like you don't need a lot of money to get a plane ticket and then get somewhere you know even if if you want to stay for a long time find a job locally which isn't hard you can find jobs under the mm-hmm. table or teach English somewhere um or you know if you want to actually plan it just save some money for a while like it's not that hard you just have to 
do it. Yeah. Make the plan and do it. Like I, you know, I spent, like I said, three years busting my ass to do it. Anybody can do it. Really? It's just really <laughs> scary. Like I was talking to her earlier, like about actually thinking about leaving your life. You know, I've mm-hmm. been procrastinating for so long and making up excuses like, oh, my boss is going to retire soon. Maybe I'll wait for him to retire before I leave. And you know, I got to pay off this or that. It just, and then I got to a point where I was like, okay, I just need to go. Like I need to set a date and just go. And that's what I did. Good for you. (laughs) Thank you. Like just hearing your tales of, of travel. And like I said, I've never been anywhere for six days, let alone six months. (laughs) I've been to Mexico and Canada and that's like it. So I need to get, I need to get out. There's not enough Americans that do it. You're, you're touching my travel bug a little bit. So I'm I'm ready. I'll play with your travel bug. (laughs) I'll play your travel bug. (laughs) I want to go to Ireland so bad. Like I, that was the one thing I wish I would have explored it more. It's just so pretty. Oh, expensive so but it's so pretty yeah i mean and if you you like seattle weather you'd love ireland yeah right <laughs> yeah. you're not going there for the tropical no culture shock. No. Yeah. <laughs> well uh is there any website or anything you'd want people to follow you or is everything kind of private um just my instagram instagram what's your instagram <laughs> hamburger lynn how do you spell it <laughs> how do i spell it h-a-m-b-e-r-g-e-r L-Y-N-N. Does that yeah. sound right? Followers, <laughs> follow, see all her adventures and all her cool pictures and then whatever adventure she eventually takes. But yeah. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. yeah thanks for thank having me. Yep. <laughs> and that's another episode of the broadcast. See you guys next time. Or hear you next time. Hear us. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> see all that. Yeah. Yeah. It's early. <laughs>